This is the Seabed Daily text. What are you doing here? 1 Kings 19, 9 and 10. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, tore down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Consider this. This is the way from glory to glory. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? Now the word of the Lord comes to Elijah. Remember, we have no indication the word of the Lord instructed Elijah to come here to Mount Sinai. The question makes sense, doesn't it? If the Lord didn't tell Elijah to come here, the Lord perhaps wants to know what Elijah is doing here. Then again, the God who knows our going out and our lying down and who is familiar with all our ways already knows what Elijah is doing here. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? Sometimes I think the Lord wants to know that we know what we're doing here. At other times, he wants us to know that we don't know. I think this is one of those times. Remember, Elijah is at a loss. He is floundering and flailing. It seems like he's reaching for some stability. Despite his very costly obedience to God, his world has been turned upside down. He needed something more than those ephemeral places where he thought he heard from the Lord. The remote ravine and the widow's house would not do again. He needed something more substantial this time. He had come to the mountain of God, the place of all places. But why, Elijah? And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? His answer betrays his disorientation. He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. His answer is a non-answer. It is half whining and half pleading half-victor and half-victim. Elijah remains in this nether place between a sleep and awakening. I would call it survival. He still can't believe what has happened. Elijah is in survival mode. He is taking on the mind of a survivor. You've been there. Many of us are there right now. You're doing your best, but losing touch. 
You keep thinking you will round the corner and things will improve, but they just keep deteriorating. You have been faithful, yet the Lord seems distant. You believe, but confusion creeps in like a shadow. Now the question comes to you. What are you doing here? Try inserting your name and asking the question of yourself aloud as though coming from God. John David, what are you doing here? Hear Elijah's desperate response again. He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. There comes a point in time where though you have been victimized by the vicissitudes of life, you must lay down your right to victimhood. There comes a point in time where though you have survived many dangers, toils, and snares, you must take off your badge of survivorhood. Victimhood and survivorhood are real things. They are realities that must be worked through and healed from. But they are not your identity. They happened to you. And they will try to define you, but they are not who you are. Such things are the common lot of the human race. If allowed to take root, they produce in us a kind of entitlement complex, the sense that someone owes us something. This must be renounced until it has finally been released. Here's what I'm learning today. Though others may owe me debts of recompense, reparation, damages, even rewards and gratitude, God owes me nothing, not even an explanation. I realize this may offend some modern sensibilities of justice. In my humble opinion, the spirit of the age is arriving at a conception of justice that defies the ancient reality of biblical justice. No matter how valiantly I believe I have served the living God, no matter how far I think I have followed Jesus, no matter how courageously I consider I have fought the good fight in the warfare of the Spirit, I have no claim on God. There's a hard-edged teaching of Jesus that comes to mind. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, Come along now and sit down to eat. Won't he rather say, Prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink? After that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, We are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. Luke seventeen seven to 10 What are we doing here? 
We are here to serve, to love, to give, and none of this in order to receive, but all of it because we have and are so extravagantly receiving. This is the way from glory to glory. The prayer, Abba Father, thank you for asking Elijah the question, what are you doing here? And thank you for asking us the same question. I confess I can so easily forget what I'm doing here. I can so easily drift into feeling sorry for myself. Think about how I have been wronged and hurt and how I am owed something for all that. I can so easily drift into a kind of scorekeeping of all I've done for you and asking what you've done for me lately. Forgive me. I forgive them. I'm an unworthy servant and yet a deeply loved son or daughter of yours. This is my identity. Praying in Jesus' name. Amen. The question, so where do you see yourself in all of this reflection today? For The Awakening, I'm J.D. Walt.